At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It's our number two of the Greg Peterson experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. And... We're going to be touching them all here in our number two as we're going to be taking a look at some UFC. We're going to be taking a look at some XFL and we're going to be taking a look at some college basketball. Joining me in 15 minutes, we're going to be joined by a pair of great UFC minds. Mark Drummeller who does great work over at Yahoo Sports and we're also going to be joined by Spencer Kite. He does a lot of freelance work over at UFC.com. They're going to be diving into this week's fight card with me and then in 30 minutes, it is going to be Mark, who is going to be joining Kobe Dent, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, to take a look at some XFL. We'll get their takeaways from what we saw in the Thursday night game, which, yes, Thursday night football is back, ladies and gentlemen, with the XFL. So that's always nice to be able to say. And we're going to turn it forward, take a look to see what we're going to be getting on the card for the XFL this weekend. What we've got on the card of the Greg Peterson experience is an absolutely amazing staff as everyone behind the scenes always does incredible work. As I always say, I need to pay it back to them because I do work with the best in the business. If you're listening on sports map radio, or if you're listening just anywhere via audio, whether that be podcasting, what have you, Taylor is the audio engineer that gets me set up, does amazing work there. My producer that sets up all these guest interviews and, Somehow, some way, keeps me in line, which is not easy to do. That would be the wonderful Jason. 
everything that you're seeing up on screen, whether you're watching on VEASAN.com, YouTube TV, what have you. Nick is the man in charge of that, and every single hour that we do here at the network in general, that is up at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get the VEASAN Best Vets feed. That will be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, list goes on and on, and Aramis is our man in charge on that front. Always great to be working with these guys. They are the best in the business, and as I always like to say, I do have to pay it back, and we're 9-1 and one in our last 10 DK Nation picks as gave out Michigan yesterday. Boy, that was an eyesore of a game, but you know what? Eyesore of games cash the same way as like, oh, I don't know, the Portland versus San Francisco game if you had the over where there were 109 points scored in the first half. Certainly a little bit more pretty in that one as I don't think that there were 109 points in this game because it landed with neither team being able to get to 60 and Rutgers I mean, they built their place from the ground up, one brick at a time. And I think that that's the most friendly way that I could put it with them. But you know what? An easy cash for us. And we are going to be hoping that those bricks continue to the Sunbelt action for this Friday. As we're going to be taking a look at a total on this one, 859, 860 on the board. Old Dominion is playing us to Marshall. The Thundering Herd of Marshall are anywhere between a three to a three and a half point favorite. Your total on this game is between 151 and 151 and a half. Right up, that is going to be on this total under. I set my total more around a 141, which I think it's very curious to see the spike in the total. Now, I do recognize that Marshall is on a nice burner run. They've been able to win five straight games. They've been able to get past the 84-point plateau in every single one of them. But last time these two teams played, Old Dominion did a really good job of being able to slow down Marshall. And that is going to be so much of this, the tempo battle. You've got a Marshall team that ranks in the top 20 nationally in terms of total possessions per game. They're looking to run and a gun it. You've got an Old Dominion team that's in the bottom 75 nationally in terms of total possessions per game. They're hoping that this game is played in the 60s. So you've got that sort of chess match. Last time these two teams played, Old Dominion did not pick up the win, but boy, oh boy, did they get their tempo. They won that game, Marshall did, by a count of 73 to 65. So significantly lower. Then this total, it was a sub-70 possession game. And both teams combined to shoot 14 of 36 from three-point range. What Old Dominion is going to need to work on in this game that they didn't do the first time around is committing fewer turnovers. As that is a little bit of a lifeblood of this Marshall defense. A very improved Marshall defense, by the way. They were 276th nationally. In terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis a season ago. They are now 48th this season giving up 9.8 points fewer per 100 possessions. So that has been rather impressive by them. And it's an Old Dominion team that does a relatively solid job typically of holding onto the ball. It's an Old Dominion team committing about 11.7, 11.8 turnovers per game. Meanwhile, Marshall, they're in the top 25 nationally in terms of steals force on a per possession basis in a road slash neutral corner environment. So it is a situation of something's got to give. First game, you saw 18 turnovers out of Old Dominion. I do think that they're going to do a little bit better job of holding on to the ball in this spot. You've got a pair of guys in Tyreek Scott Grayson. You're able to throw in there as well. Chauncey Jenkins, who have been able to chip in there and combine about 27 points per contest for an Old Dominion team that they don't really shoot it well from three-point range. Really, neither of these teams shoot it well from three. Marshall's better than they were last year. Marshall was just terrible from three-point range a season ago. They're up to about 217, 218, somewhere in that neighborhood. 
from three power ranges season. They've got a backcourt duo that'll get you in a second. But for Old Dominion, overall for the season, they're shooting 31.8% from three. This dips to around 30.6% from the outside when they are at home. Scott Grayson and Jenkins, who I mentioned before, maybe out. One guy in Jenkins who shoots 35% from three. Scott Grayson is only shooting about 29.5% from three. But the versatility of Mikai Long, very good for this Old Dominion team. Stands right around six foot seven, 11 points, 8.5 boards, steal and a half, shoots 39% from three. Power range, just a complete set. You suffer, but then you take a look at the flip side for Marshall. And you've got perhaps the best scoring duo in all of college basketball. One of the very few duos in all of college basketball where both guys are both giving you individually 20-plus points per game. As a matter of fact, I think that they might be the only teammates that do have that moniker. Andrew Taylor, Tavion Kinsey, a combined 42.3 points per contest. You've got Kinsey shooting 40.9% from three. Taylor shoots about 36.5% from the outside. They both give you 4.8 rebounds per game apiece. They combine for about 10.2 assists per game, 3.9 seals per contest. These guys are sad sheet suffers. And then you've got Camden Kerfman, who comes in from VMI. Nice little combo player that shoots 49% from three, 12 points per game. And then this is one of my favorite names in college basketball. Micah Handgalotten has been able to give you 10 boards, 7.5 points per game. It's a pair of teams that both are relatively solid on the glass. They don't necessarily allow a ton of they don't necessarily allow a ton of just bad mistakes to happen. You've got a Old Dominion team that does a significantly better job of holding up with regards to the offensive glass rather than Marshall. Marshall has been giving up some second chances, but they do a good job of being able to repay that by being able to force some turnovers. And in terms of block shot rate in all of college basketball, Marshall has had the fewest percentage of their shots blocked of any team in all of college basketball as well. But I do take a look at this ordeal. I do think that Old Dominion, just like they did the first time around, they are going to get this thing throttled down. I think that they're going to be able to get this game played at their own pace. And even with that, it is a Marshall team that they've been able to do a very good job of being able to improve on defense as well. So that's why I did set my total more in the low 140s. I did set my total 141. I'm diving under. I think that this is going to be similar to what we saw the first time around. I do think that Old Dominion gets their tempo. I don't think that they're going to be able to execute as I just think that in general, you've got a better team. With this Marshall bunch, I did set Marshall as a five-point favorite, so I'm going to be willing to lay the three-and-a-half to three that we're seeing here, and my write-up that is going to be centered around this total under. We've got one game involving ranked teams. I know that Matt Humans, when we talked with him about this game in our number one, he was relatively torn. I've got a little bit more of a side on this one. 877-878 on the betting board. It is Seton Hall, and they're going to be playing us to Xavier. The X-Men of Xavier are between a one to a two-point favorite, depending upon where you look, and your total is between 140 and a half and 141. I just naturally gravitate more towards these defense-oriented teams this time of year. Shooting has a lot more variance, in my opinion, than does the defense. It is a Seton Hall team that has really been able to hunker down on defense, and for Seton Hall, they've been significantly better with their defense when they have been at home rather than in a roadside shoot record environment. So I did make Seton Hall the very slight favorite of one and a half points on my line. I'm going to be willing to take them on the money line for the Seton Hall bunch. They've been able to do a nice job giving up about 12.4 points per one arm possessions fewer at home rather than in a roadside shoot record environment. And for Xavier, they're outside the top 150 in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. Xavier does have a pair of guys down low and Jack Nunji along with Jerome Hunter will be able to do a solid job for Hunter. 
since he's been getting minutes, he's been relatively solid. Because if you take a look at the entirety of the season, he was sitting behind Zach Freeman until that injury. It has certainly led to a bit of a diminishment, in my opinion, in terms of the Xavier offense, as Xavier has actually failed to get past the 69-point plateau. And now two out of their last three games, something that you typically don't expect to see. And it is a Xavier team that has now lost three out of their last four games. I think that that is directly correlated to what we've been seeing with Zach Fremantle being out of the full. But you just take a look at the games in which Jerome Hunter has actually been able to see meaningful minutes in. So we just go to the six games that we've seen in the month of February. He's been able to give the team six half boards, two assists, seven and a half points per game. He's been rock solid there. And then you've got a pair of guys, Sule Boom, along with Kobe Lewis, who have been able to do a very solid job for this team. When it comes to both of these guys, they shoot it at north of 40% from three-point range. It is a savior team that they rank in the top 10 nationally in terms of three-point shooting percentage. Kobe Jones, I should say, not Lewis. He's been able to give you about 15 points, five boards, four and a half assists. Boom, is able to bring the boom with a seal and a half, four and a half assists per game. But with Seton Hall, they've been able to have some better three-point shooting. Elamir Dawes, Kanari Richmond, both shoot over 40% from three. Richmond is also able to give you five rebounds per game. Both of these guys are double-figure scorers. You've been able to have Casey Undefu chip in their two blocks per game. Even guys like a Jameer Harris, when you need them to, they're able to step up. So you've got good depth with the Seton Hall team. You've got no depth whatsoever with Xavier. I do think that this is going to be similar to the first time these two teams played in that game. Xavier got the job done 73-70 to on their home floor. That was a game where Zach Fremantle had a big game. Zach Fremantle not playing in this one. So I think that that sways it towards Seton Hall. I said Seton Hall as the favorites. I'm looking at them on the money line. Also, I'm going to be taking a look at the over as well. And coming up next, we take a look at some UFC with Spencer Kite along with Mark Drummond, our VIO Sports, right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. In addition to new shows, VSIN will be kicking off new podcasts to give every better the insights, tools, and confidence to make smarter betting decisions. VSIN continues to expand its catalog of popular sports betting podcasts to cover every corner of the sports betting menu. No matter what sports you like or how you experience them, you'll be able to find a podcast as good for you as the VSIN College Basketball Betting Podcast as some of the best college hoops analysts around, breaking down all the betting lines, odds, and totals with Tim Murray hosting three episodes a week, and he's got alternating co-hosts Matt Humans, who joined me an hour ago here on the network, and Adam Burke. We've also got the VEASAN Hockey Betting Cup Podcast. That's with Danny Burke and NHL betting expert Andy McNeil as they cover all things hockey twice each week. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast, wherever you get podcasts. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network, and it's great to be joined by our two guests. We've got Mark Drummeller, who does great work over at Yahoo Sports, and Spencer Kite. He does a lot of freelancing work over at UFC, does amazing work over there. It's always great to have you aboard, and let's start things off with you, Spencer. Let's take a look at, in terms of the fight card this week, one or two fights that might be on the little bit of a lower card, the undercard that you're taking a look at to probably make a little bit of money on. So there's actually a couple of fights that I like. I like the, it's actually a catch weight bout. It's Ode Osborne and, and Charles Johnson. It came together on relatively short notice. Uh, both are traditionally featherweight fighters. It's Charles Johnson's third fight since the middle of November. I like that activity for him. I think it's a good matchup. Ode Osborne is a guy that when he loses, he gets knocked out, he gets stopped. And so looking at what Charles Johnson did last time out, he seems to be settling into things in the UFC. Now this will be his fourth fight overall. I like him as a play on, on the finish at plus 175. feels like a reasonable, reasonable bet. The flyweights, every fight, in the flyweight division so far this year has been a finish. And so we're going to see if Charles Johnson can keep that going on Saturday night. Yep. I do think that that is going to be a very fascinating fight. And, I do think that it's a relatively nice fight card as well if you just take a look at it overall. And Mark, I know the fight that you're taking a look at is the Andre Munoz along with Brendan Allen fight. Allen, relatively sizable underdog here, anywhere between plus 180 to plus 190 with a round prop that is at one and a half, just a little bit to the over. So I'm thinking there's going to be a finish in this one. Where do you stand in terms of the Allen versus Munez fight? Yeah, I'm really excited for this one. Two fighters that I really love watching. You know, Munez is a guy who um, is great submission threat and really, you know, has a lot of size, 
likes to come forward and is able to come forward on a lot of opponents just because they have to respect his ability to take him down and his grappling and, you know, submit them. So that's really where I think the key is going to be in this one. You have Allen, a guy who has a high motor. He's going to come at you. You know, he has good body kicks. He's going to try and, you know, has good ground and pound. But, you know, how I, I feel like he's going to be a little bit timid here with a guy like Muniz, you know, coming after him. And, and I think, you know, this is a spot here where, you know, you can kind of get off the big number. If Muniz is going to win, it's going to be by submission. So I played submission at plus 120. Um, I just think, you know, his grappling is so high level that once he's able to get Allen on the ground, um, I think Allen's going to kind of struggle. He's going to, you know, he'll probably fight off the submissions for a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I just think that eventually Muniz is going to be able to get him here. Um, he has good inside trips to be able to get takedown. So I don't think he's going to have a problem getting Allen down. Um, and I just think that, you know, his submission ability is just going to kind of take Allen out of his game because he's going to have to be cautious. So I like Muniz here by submission at plus 120. I know that that's one that you really are taking a look at. And Spencer, this is one that you're taking a look at. It's a fight that has the most demonstrative money line on the board as Montana comes to Vegas. Montana De La Rosa is going to be taking on Tatiana Suarez. Suarez up to about a minus 750 to minus 800 favorite. If you like De La Rosa, you know, we get plus 550. What are you taking a look at in terms of this one? Because I know that you're not laying the north of minus $7 money line. You're instead taking a look at a way to be able to make this a plus money win for Suarez. Yeah, I'm definitely not getting it on the money line. It's, it's a little big for my liking, especially with Tatiana Suarez being off for nearly four years. But if she's anywhere near the fighter she was when we saw her at Strawway, when she looked like she was going to be a title challenger, I think she can come out on Saturday and get a finish in her first fight back. We've seen Montana De La Rosa bullied up against the fence by Macy Barber in previous fights. Tachana Suarez is a terrific wrestler. That's her MO is to get you against the fence, get you to the ground, and rough you up. And so a finish number at plus 125 feels like a reasonable spot to get some plus money on a fighter that is the biggest favorite on the night. If I think that that's a good way of being able to take a look at it, Suarez, when she was out there, was relatively dominant, but it has been a while since we have seen her. So that is going to be one to certainly take note of. And this is one that I think is also going to be very fascinating as well as we do have Dontale Mays going up against Augusto Sakai. This is one that is a little bit more of a, shall we say, team money line as Sakai right around a minus 125 to a minus 135 favorite. This is going to be one of the main fights on the card. This is pretty much number three on it. And Mark, where do you stand in terms of the Mays versus Sakai fight? Yeah, I'm on Mays here. And, you know, it's really just about Sakai. And his trajectory has just been kind of fascinating to watch. He worked his way up to the rankings. And then once he got into that top echelon um, of fighters, uh, he's been brutally knocked out the past four times. So, you know, he's coming off four straight KOs. You have to wonder about his durability. Um, is he going to be able to get some offense going? He has a good high kick. You know, I think, the, you know, there's a chance he can do that. But, you know, Sakai is a fighter who's really bad off his back. I think Mays, if he gets inside, can kind of get him in the clinch and get him to the ground, uh, where I think Mays has a big advantage. And even on the feet, you know, it's a guy who's been knocked out four straight times, very vulnerable. That's not the kind of guy you want to invest in. And, you know, listen, it was against good level of competition. You know, he was fighting top-ranked top fighters, Rosenstreak, Spivak, guys like that. You know, I think it started with Overeem. But regardless, you know, the body doesn't know 
the level of competition when it gets knocked out. When the lights shut off, they shut off. So there has to be a lot of questions about Sakai's durability coming into this fight, um, all four straight knockout losses. And to get Maze at this price, um, you know, with the ability, I think, to get this fight to the ground, uh, I think it makes all the sense in the world. So I'm on Maze here. Yep, I do think that that is a good angle to be taking a look at. And Spencer, do you have anything in the Sakai versus Maze fight? I kind of lean the other way, and, and sometimes that's just how it is. I do, as, as Mark said, the level of competition is the piece for me. And while I worry about a guy that is coming in on a four-fight losing streak, I just look at who it is that he's faced versus who it is that Dontel Mays has faced and who he's facing now. And I lean a little bit more towards Sakai. I like the minus 138 number for the money line. Not really looking at any of the props. I'm, I'm, for me, it's, it's a matter of the veteran guy that has been in there and gotten some good wins in the past gets a rebound against the guy that really hasn't shown himself to be of this level yet. And let's take a look at the main event as this one I think is going to be a good one. And it's a relatively underrated fight in terms of the scene, in my opinion. Ryan Span going to be going up against Nikita Kreloff. Kreloff is about a minus 170 to a minus 180 favorite. Very low round prop. One and a half with the under at minus 160 to minus 165. We're going to start with you on this one, Mark. Where do you stand on the main event? Yeah, both these guys are finishers, so it, we're going to see fireworks very early in this one. Um, I like Kriloff here. Um, again, you know, I played a little bit on the money line, but I did play the inside the distance as well because, you know, this one's not going to go the distance. Um, and I think that's really where you should have the majority of your money on. Um, I, I just like Kriloff's forward pressure here. I think he's going to be able to overwhelm Spam. You know, Spam coming off, uh, you know, two straight first-round finishes. His last five fights have ended in the first round. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be a quick one for sure. But I, I like Kreloff. Just He's able to kind of use his boxing to, to mix in his kicks and really can, you know, versatile in his striking. He gets himself in trouble sometimes because he doesn't have the best fight IQ in there. He's kind of like a tornado. And then when you're reckless like that, you leave yourself open. So there's always a chance there that Span can get the knockout. Um, I, I wouldn't hate it. You know, I'm thinking about almost hedging. Uh, you know, Kriloff with Span first round knockout at plus 600. You can put, you know, 20% of a unit on that to kind of cover you in case that happens. But um, I really like Kriloff here in the main event, though. I think he's going to get it done. And Spencer, I believe that you're on the other side of this one. Where do you stand on the main event? Yeah, yet again, I'm on the other side of things. I think that Ryan Span is a guy that has always presented the talent and physical abilities to be a contender in this division. And He's now at the point where that, that kind of understanding of how to deploy everything and how to be present and patient in the octagon has caught up with that talent. I really like him as a live dog here. I do agree that this one isn't going the distance. I like the finish prop for Ryan Spann. I also like if you want to take that first round finish prop at plus 400, as I've seen it in a couple different places. I think that's a juicy number. It's a tough fight. Nikita Krilov is a young veteran that has been in there a bunch of times, but I like Ryan Span on Saturday. I love it. Going mano a mano. Spencer Kite does great work at Severe MMA. Always great to get him aboard. And Mark Drummeller of Yahoo Sports is going to be joining me along with Kobe Dent of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We talk to you XFL next on the Greg Peterson Experience. I'm Vison. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
VSIN is very excited to announce the launch of three new shows to cover the dynamic sports betting markets like no one else can. With some fresh concepts and pairings heading into a new season of sports, VSIN will be here to deliver all the news, insights, and analysis that you've come to expect from your favorite team of sports betting experts. Check out the new lineup starting on Monday as it is a great Peterson experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Fortunately, unless if I have not been told about changes or something like that, we'll be in relatively the same time slot. We might be up about an hour earlier on some of these Sundays for some of you guys out there on the East Coast. That's very, very, very early Monday, but that said, relatively no changes to this show, so I'm very, very happy about that, and I am very happy to have our two guests aboard as we've got Mark Drummeller. He does amazing work over at Yahoo Sports and Kobe Dan, who does terrific work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And gentlemen, let's talk some XFL. And before we take a look at the remainder of the games that we've got for week two, I want to get your thoughts on what we did see on Thursday night as the uh, St. Louis Battlehawks won off as four-point underdogs in most spots, landed right next to the total. I was seeing 38 and a half in a lot of spots, land 38, but Kobe... What were your thoughts on the Battlehawks? Because they won the turnover battle and they just barely squeaked this one out for pretty much a second straight week. I think they're the luckiest team in the XFL ever. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they got outgained the turnover battle. Yeah, they made the right plays at the right time. I, I uh, was shocked at some of the play calling from from the Sea Dragons. Uh from an offensive standpoint, the three-point conversion, I'm, I still don't believe in going for the three-point conversion, but the Battlehawks somehow get out of there. They're 2-0, they're and oh, and both of those games happening on the road. Um, but I do think there's value probably right now in, in hopping in on a Seattle future because they severely outgained you know, both opponents, and if they can just protect the football, they'd be winning these games. And I don't know if uh, Danucci's the right answer or they go with Steven Montez, but I just feel like this team is better than their 0-2 record, and I feel like they should probably be 2-0. Yeah, it's been so interesting to take a look at this bunch because with the Battlehawks, they had that big, giant comeback where they were losing for 58 minutes in week number one, and they come back rallying this one. You had a field goal that came up short as well for the Seattle Sea Dragons. Mark, what did you make out of the game that we saw on Thursday? Yeah, I think, you know, the question coming in was, is, you know, Seattle really let the game get away from them in week one, you know, the same way with turnovers and were they going to be able to kind of clean that up this week? And, you know, the answer was no. And, you know, I, I think it's a little bit concerning and it's going to start with the quarterback, you know, Ben DiNucci and granted, you know, he fumbled the ball at the one yard line with the game on the line last week. And then, you know, he fumbles it again on a quarterback sneak this week. And there's other players making mistakes. It's not just him. They had a muff punt. You know, but they really need to tighten up the ball security. And I think they'll be just fine again from, you know, I think they had six yards per play tonight. Well, you know, which is, you know, a ton, especially in this league. You know, you got games that are scoring around 40 points per game. So um, I, I think that if they can figure something out at the quarterback and, and take care of the ball security, they're going to be a threat. I mean, I played a little plus 700, you know, on their futures before, uh, you know, the games went off tonight and might even be able to get a better number later. But um, I, I think that they, they need to figure out an answer quick because, you know, they're going to run out of time. There's only 10 games, you know, so they got to start winning. And how much do you think that this played a little bit of a factor as well? Because with the XFL and the way that it is set up, I feel like home field is a little bit diminished because all these teams, they're sort of based out in a hub in the state of Texas. 
matter of fact, I think that they actually travel pretty much on the same flights as each other as well. How much do you have to take a look at that in terms of gauging home field in the XFL? I'll start with you on this, Kobe. Yeah, I mean, well, I think there's a couple locations. DC, we saw with the with the the lemons that came out on the field, uh, and I, you know, I grew up in DC, and I think more lemons are coming. Uh, and uh, you know, that's an environment where I actually think there's a home edge. I expect St. Louis to be the same, especially the fact they're two and zero and the way they won, and the fact that they've been deprived of any football. And if you go back to the last XFL, they had a great fan turnout. And I think San Antonio might be good, but uh, you make a good point. On, on some of the other cities, Houston uh, seemed all right. Dallas didn't, or Arlington, I guess, didn't have really anybody. Orlando, I don't expect a big turnout. Seattle, this one could have been the weather too, but I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's about three three home locations that I trust that could actually give you an edge, but the rest, the other five teams, probably not so much. And do you make anything out of this, Mark? Because I did think that it was very interesting. I do think that the weather played a little bit of a factor in this game as well, because typically when you've got weather games like this, if you have a team that is based out in the Midwest or something like that, you get a snowy day. Teams that are practicing in it, they're going through it all week long, going up against a team that's down south. I always think that that provides an advantage to the home team a little bit more. In this case, with these teams practicing out there in Texas, there's no advantage to be had by other team. Yeah, there's no, I mean, you get the crowd advantage, but, you know, we know in betting the NFL, the real home field advantage is the travel disadvantage that the other teams have, right, from going and playing on the road two weeks. Like, for instance, like St. Louis, we talked about them being the luckiest team. You know, they start the season with two road games. They get outplayed in both of them. They end up with two wins, and now they go back to Arlington, at the hub, and then they're going to come home for their first home opener next week, you know, 2-0. and but, you know, those back-to-back road games aren't the same when everybody's coming back to the hub anyway. So, uh, you know, I do think that the, the advantage has diminished a little bit. Um, you know, I agree with Colby. I think, you know, San Antonio, St. Louis, those domes or those small, compact stadiums like they have in D.C., uh, you know, are going to be where you see the home field advantage. I'll be interested to see the turnout in Vegas. Small stadium as well. I think it fits only like 12,000. So, um, you know, there's an opportunity. The way it's constructed makes me think there won't be a huge home field advantage, but um, I'll be interested to see what that looks like this weekend. And Mark, we'll head to you for that Vegas game as on Saturday, it's going to be the Vegas Vipers and the DC Defenders. Vegas finds themselves as a three point favorite. Lowest total on the board. We're finding it at a 35 and a half, as I'm seeing it in most spots. What do you make out of this game? Because certainly it's a case of which DC has been just a very fascinating team to say the least for DC. I do think that they leave a little bit of something to be desired on the offensive side of things. And for Vegas, I feel like they're a team that they're going to need to kick it up a little bit more with their offense as well. I have my question marks with Luis Perez. Yeah. So that's the key here, right? So you look at Vegas and, you know, I thought they moved the ball. Well, had three touchdowns against, um, you know, against Arlington, but, you know, the second half, they kind of fell apart, right? They, you know, they had two pick sixes. And, you know, can they clean up those mistakes? Well, and if Seattle's a barometer, I'm not sure that they can clean it up from week to week. So you have to watch out for that. I played some D.C. here plus the points just because I feel like, you know, even though their offense is pretty limited, they averaged the league low 3.3 yards per play in week one, still ended up winning the game, you know, against Seattle because of Seattle's mistakes. So now they play the same type of team here um, against Vegas. And, you know, you, to me, I just think it's probably going to be a close competitive game. I think the defender's defense keeps them in it. 
uh, Vipers might come out with the win, but I, I just think the three and a half points is pretty valuable. I do think so as well. And Kobe, where do you stand on the game that we're going to be seeing on Saturday between DC and Vegas? I like the defenders. Um, I like them to win it outright too. I think, I think, uh, you know, they probably have the best defense, even one roster standpoint. When I looked at the roster preseason, you know, I thought this is one of the more talented, you know, uh, defensive units. Uh, and they, they showed up against Seattle. Now they're calling for rain in this game. It, 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 this is not in, in the, in the Raiders stadium. This is at the, the baseball stadium there. So, uh, I think that favors DC's game. I think they're going to run the ball more and keep an eye on Derek King to get more touches. I thought he was electric in the first match, uh, you know, showed flashes in the Seattle game. I expect them to go to him more. And I think that Luis Perez is, has played solid, but I think, uh, you know, the, the defense of the defenders will have opportunity to slow him down, especially if you're telling me there's elements like rain. And you've got on the boots reporting with regards to the weather as well. I jog every day in the lovely city of Las Vegas. Actually, it's technically Henderson where I jog, but we're right there in the same vicinity. I have seen snow three times in the last 25 days on my jog. So I can confirm that we are actually getting some colder weather out here in lovely Las Vegas slash lovely Henderson, Nevada. So I can tell you right now, it has been very, very interesting. And I do take a look at this. We'll start with you, Mark. And then after the break, we'll get your thoughts on this one, Kobe. The Brahmas and the Orlando Guardians. The Guardians are a three and a half point home underdog. And I think that they are very worthy of being so because Paxton Lynch, I think, is by far the worst quarterback in this league. Yeah, so, you know, Lynch is out of there. They're probably going to go with Dormity, um, or maybe we'll see a little Francois as well. Um, but, you know, Orlando, I, I think I played under in this game just because I think when you look at San Antonio and how they play, they want to run the football really conservative on offense with Jack Cohn. And the strength of their team is really their defensive line, right? We saw them wreck St. Louis's offense in week one. And now they're going up against a Guardians offensive line that allowed seven sacks to Houston. So um, I think their defense will really set the tone in this game. And then, of course, you know, if they do get the lead, they're going to be run heavy. So um, I expect this one to go under the 38 and a half. I think that that's a good call there. And coming up next on the Greg Peterson Experience, we continue our XFL chat with our roundtable of guests as we've got Mark Drumheller of Yahoo Sports along with Kobe Dant of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So... Continuing this chat on the other side on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bay Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddy makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Sports fans, the football season has wrapped up, and BetRivers Online Sportsbook is your place to be for basketball and hockey. BetRivers has you covered for every line, out, and boost. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Saturday Hockey Same Game Parlay Bet and Get Weekly. Pro basketball bet and get and so much more. Check out BetRivs.com or download the BetRivs app today as it's a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. I think that piece of paper lied to me because we're talking football right now. We're talking about games that are going to be going down this weekend in the XFL as we've got Kobe Dant who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Likewise for Mark Drummeller who does great work over at Yahoo Sports and Kobe. I threw this out to Mark just before the end of the last segment, and now I'll throw out to you the same question. Let's take a look at this game between the Guardians and the San Antonio Brahmas. Brahmas are going to be a road favorite of 3.5 points. I'm seeing currently at DraftKings. Total is 38.5. Where do you stand on this game? Because week number one with Paxton Lynch was a complete and utter failure for the Orlando Guardians, so no doubt about it. I'm sure that they went back to the drawing board this week and are going to be trying to come up with something different and or a guy not named Paxton Lynch under center. 
Well, it's relieving to hear that because you know, in any sport or in any version of football, it's good to fade Paxton Lynch. Yeah. But uh, it, I was surprised because I thought DeAndre Francois was going to be the guy. I watched him at Florida State. I thought he was really talented. I thought he had a chance at the at the NFL. I know things ended weird there, and he ended up at Hampton. But uh, uh, I, I, from what I, I heard that he might get the start here. If not, we're going to see both him and Dormandy, the uh, the former Tennessee Vols QB. But I, I think if Francois gets the go, I do think he's really talented. And I, the offense actually moved the ball some. It's almost like the Seattle story. They weren't able. They just turned the ball over too many times. Meanwhile, San Antonio easily the best rushing attack in, in the league. I think until I know the quarterback situation, I got to take San Antonio minus the points. But if you're telling me Francois is getting the starts, I could see myself jumping over to Orlando. I'm probably going to wait until right before kickoff to bet this one. But right now, give me the, give me the Brahmas. Yep. With San Antonio, I do think that Heinz Ward is actually proving himself to be a relatively okay coach as well. I wasn't necessarily sure what to expect out of him. You knew that, You'd be loving his players and everything like that, but you just didn't know what you'd be able to get out of him in terms of an X's and O's. So far, so good on that front. This is the other game that we're going to be seeing on Sunday, the Arlington Renegades. They're going to be playing against the Houston Roughnecks. It is going to be in Houston, and Houston is a five-point favorite. And out of all the teams that we saw week number one, Houston probably had the best showing. They went out there. They completely dump-trucked the Orlando Guardians, who once again, they were starting Paxton Lynch, so it comes with a little bit of an asterisk there, but where do you stand, Mark, in terms of Roughnecks versus Arlington in the battle for the great state of Texas? Yeah, I bet Houston immediately here at minus three and a half, and I would still even play them at this number. I mean, listen, five sounds like an eternity in this league, right? Four <laughs> of the five games have been decided by four or five points, but I really think there's a big gap between these two teams. Um, I've been all, really off market on Arlington since the start, and I haven't seen anything last week that would kind of make me think that I'm wrong. Like, I just think they're one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, you look at that offense, they don't have an answer at quarterback with Plitt, um, and, you know, Kyle Sloter is not much of an upgrade if they bring him in. They ran the ball like 30 times for 80 yards. They're the only team in the XFL that didn't get an offensive touchdown last week. They won the game um, because, you know, they got two defensive touchdowns, and you know, a ton of fumbles and, a, you know, it was like a muffed kind of like uh, punt, but, you know, offensively really struggling. And I think that, you know, the fact that they won last week kind of masked that and allows us to get it like, you know, a short number, at least at the open um, on Houston here, who again, offense looks really smooth, run and shoot offense with AJ Smith, who's a June Jones disciple. They're like the sea dragons without the turnovers, right? They got shifty backs. They get the ball in space. They move down the field. They had seven sacks last week against Orlando. How much of that is Orlando's offensive line? How much of that is Wade Phillips's defense? Probably a mix of both, but I think they have the weapons here to get the job done. I think they're going to win, uh, you know, pretty handily again this week, um, you know, against an Arlington team that I just think is, is very overrated in the market. Yep. I do think that it's so interesting to take a look at these two teams and with Houston, they were able to have a nice showing a week one. Kobe, do you think that they're going to be able to continue it here in week two as a five point favorite? I'm fading them. I think they're overvalued because they're playing Orlando. You know, they, they are because they beat Orlando in the fashion they did. Uh, I thought Bob Stoops made great second half adjustments, uh, obviously on the defensive side of the ball. I know they weren't juggernauts on the offensive side of the ball, but I, I do think Kyle Slaughter uh, is going to get some action in this game. 
I uh, wouldn't be surprised if he started this game. And remember, Sloter, Sloter and Sal Canella, the tight end, they were both with the New Orleans Breakers in the USFL last year. They had great chemistry. I think that's something that can kickstart this offense. I like the points. I even like a potential money line play here. Yep, I think that it's so interesting to take a look at all these teams in the XFL. And Mark, I want to get your thoughts on this as well because you mentioned something that I think is so intriguing. We've only seen one out of the five XFL games land on a number that is north of four. We've been seeing these games be very, very tight-knit. How much do you take a look at these spreads in the XFL, and how much value do you think there is on some of these numbers that are going to be very wonky? Because, as we know, you're able to go for one, two, or three. So, typically in the NFL, your critical numbers are three, seven. If you get up a little bit north of that, more around ten. How much do you think that there is going to be more of a value on, say, like, a three and a half as opposed to a four because I do think that this league lends itself to more interesting finishes and not as many games landing on three and seven, but rather some of those numbers like a two, like a four. Yeah, I do think, you know, it's almost like the two might be the new three, right? You know, we've seen a lot of two point results so far. And, you know, when you look at the, um, you know, conversions, I think it's going to take a little while for the coaches to figure it out, right? We've saw, you know, some of the coaches like, uh, you know, Houston went for the one-point conversion, all four touchdowns they scored. They didn't convert any of them, right? The one-point conversion has been the least effective one for seven so far um, It with a 14-point success rate, while the three-point conversion has been the most successful, three for six for a 50% uh, success rate. So I think you're going to see the coaches realize that it's better to be more aggressive and go for these twos and more threes, um, you know, which is going to kind of like, you know, mess with the key numbers, right? But I think, you know, what we're seeing is very competitive games, you know, with very short margins of victory. So I think that's going to really compact the lines. We're going to see some short spreads, especially considering the fact that the home field advantage is less because they're not traveling. They have the same travel schedule. So I think all those factors kind of play into it. But I think the two is kind of the, the new three here in the XFL. So many good points there, and same question to you, Kobe. How do you gauge these spreads, and how much do you have to get out of the mindset of, hey, the three is a critical number, as the seven is a critical number, because I just take a look at the XFL right now, and I do think that it requires a little bit of a different thought process when it comes to gauging spreads rather than just the default NFL model. Oh, 100%. I mean, tonight I had Seattle minus two and a half. I got the, the line very early, but still... They, they, you know, they're in a spot here where June Jones had, and I know he had previously said that he was going to go for three every time. I didn't expect him to go to th- for three right there. I was going crazy. That wouldn't have mattered apparently with the, uh, well, may- maybe if I guess if he got the three, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm out of practice. I'm learning as the weeks go. And I think, I think Mark hit it, hit the nail on the head there with two is probably the three. Uh, as regarding to, uh, you know, betting on college football or the NFL, you know, the way we value three, I think two is probably the correct way to do that because I've gotten burned now a couple of times on these uh, two and a halves. <laughs> yeah, it's been so interesting to take a look at the XFL and Kobe. I know that you're going to be rejoining me in about, I would say, a little bit under 30 minutes to be able to talk some college basketball as I know that you do great work over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on that front. And Mark, you join me to talk a little XFL, and you also join me to talk some UFC. You do great work over at Yahoo Sports as well. Always appreciate both of you hopping on. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. 
Always great to be able to have those gentlemen aboard, and it has been very intriguing to take a look at the XFL as well. And I always say it on this show, money is money. It does not matter whether you're betting on the XFL, the biggest of big college basketball games, the Super Bowl. Heck, I did a lot of KBO a few years ago. Not sure if I'm going to get back into the KBO or not, but I do think that that would be very intriguing because I do have a show which it would be probably pretty good for the audience. I'd be able to give it out, and then a few hours later, I'm able to sweat it out. I cater to a lot of hardworking people out there that might be working a little bit of a strange shift, might be doing some overnight truck driving, might be out there doing some nursing work, things of that nature. And I really feel like these are the professions are the backbone of society. So I salute all of you. So I do think that that is something to take a look at. And here's what I'm taking a look at for my pro tip here in our number two of the Greg Peterson experience. Visa.com slash subscribe. We're able to sort these all by show and by sport. Keep in mind that XFL home field advantage is going to be a little bit more diminished because there is a centralized hub and let's call it what it is. These games are not getting sold out. The crowd noise is not quite the same as your normal football game, but there's a lot of college basketball to take a look at and we dive into the Metro Atlantic next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.